the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Water in the court. Be seated. It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Todd Marquardt, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question. Veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867. Or ask a question online at marquardlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, lawfirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Welcome to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt, here on 930 AM, The Answer, also on podcasts everywhere, you can view uh, previous episodes on YouTube. So go to YouTube, just search for Talk Law Radio and look for my smiling face. Then you can click subscribe, then click the little bell so that you get notified whenever a new video is posted. You can also go to www.talklawradio.com and search previous episodes there. Of course, we also have this recorded on podcast, so you can search for the podcast however you listen to podcasts. So today we're going to be talking about mediation, but first, uh, because we're going to be talking about the law, I'm going to talk about our disclaimer. The State Bar of Texas is the state agency that governs attorney law licenses, and the State Bar wants attorneys to inform the public about the law. But because legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and because laws are ever-changing, the material discussed today should be meant for general informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information you learn today should be coordinated with individual professional advice. Marquardt Law Firm is sponsoring our show today, and Marquardt Law Firm focuses on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans. Also, new businesses and old businesses might have issues with corporations, contracts, LLCs, and family-limited partnerships. We can represent those who are facing problems from lack of planning, like in county court, district court, or probate court. Before we get started talking about the law, let's begin with prayer. Dear God, thank you for this day and for all the gifts and blessings that you give to us. Thank you for allowing us the opportunity to talk about the law on the radio. Please forgive us for our sins, for our mistakes, for doing the wrong thing or failing to do your will. Please help Tony O'Brien and me give good information about mediation today. Help us to use the gifts and talents you have provided for the good of your people, for our own good, and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now it's time to discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. Today we have Tony O'Brien, certified mediator, and she's going to be talking about mediation. So if you have questions about mediation, please post a comment in the Facebook live feed or email me at host at talklawradio.com. That's H-O-S-T at talklawradio.com, and we'll try and get you an answer. I've known Tony for many years. Um, she's worked in various parts of the law, which we'll ask her about. Um, but today she's focusing on mediation. So, Tony, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Let's give our audience some background about how you got to where you are today. Um, tell us, how did you get to San Antonio? Well, 
It, it was a trip. Um, in Gosh, I was born and raised in Wyoming. And then I lived in Colorado for a while. And then my parents had moved up to Alaska. So I followed them eventually up in 1986. And then um, through a series of God things, I ended up in a title company and ended up managing one and then becoming a part owner. And so I was in that for probably um, 10 years. Then I took a mission trip to Bulgaria uh, for two years, came back, started the title company back up in Juneau, and then they offered me another one in the San Juan Islands in Washington State, so who could refuse? Wow. Yeah. So I went down and opened that up and um, integrated escrow services into it because it was strictly title when I took Mm -hmm. it over. And then in 2008, I thought, okay, I'm done with this. Um, I want to go ahead and do something different. And the day I gave was uh, got notice of who they were going to replace me with, my mom was diagnosed with lung cancer. Oh. Yeah. So I went ahead and retired, and that was in May, and I took care of her till she passed in August. Then my dad. And where was that? Washington. That was State? in Washington. Cedro Woolley is where they were. Um, I'd moved off island and moved onto the mainland in Cedro Woolley. And then dad, my dad, did not want to spend another winter in the north. So sight unseen, at eighty nine, my dad said, "I'll move with you wherever you go." So I was able to. I thought dad was not going to last very long after my mom died. They'd been married 64 years. Mm -hmm. They had 10 children. So I thought it wouldn't take long. So we moved down here because the goal for me was to go back into the mission field. And um, my dad stuck it out for another nine years, and I had to go to work. So I ended up uh, at the Spahn Law Firm. I didn't want to go back into title insurance. I ended up with uh, Matt and worked with him, and then I worked with Charlie Weisinger, and then I am now with Carol Birch. I'm working part-time for her doing her bookkeeping. But in that series of events, um, I saw that there are so much uh, division inside families, and and I really, it, it was disconcerting to see that every time something rocked a boat, someone in the family got mad. Mm-hmm. I was fortunate in in my family um because I have nine brothers and sisters that that didn't happen. We you know there wasn't much left for starters but also you know we just knew you know it was just fine. But most families probably 80 85% have division when when someone dies or when someone gets sick. So that Or they might already be divided, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. And and sometimes, you know, um, during my time with Carol, I saw so much of the division was caused by misinformation, miscommunications. Um, I know it comes as a massive surprise, but Google does not know everything. Mm-hmm. And um, so there was a lot of, of just wrong information being passed around. And then people would dig their heels in and, and take a, a position. And there was no budging them from that. And so about four, I guess four years in, three years in with Carol, um, we decided to go ahead and start the mediation. And so I got certified and did both the basic and, and the family law certification. And then it didn't really work um, with with Carol as well because by the time people called the law office, it was past the point of – they wanted to litigate. Mm-hmm. So we decided to separate out that portion and I would stay doing – part work with mm-hmm. her, but but do the mediation on my own. So that's Interesting. How, how it came about. Yeah. Having that many people in the same household, you would you would think there would be a problem. You would think, but I have a pretty amazing family. My my mom and dad did uh they did good by by us. They were they were very – they taught us to be independent, but, you know, we don't call each other all the time. We don't stay in touch all the time, but we have each other's back all the time. What were some unifying 
core values for the family? I think um, really probably what held us so close was because there were 10 of us, mom and dad were kind of like not who who kept take took care of us. You know, my granddad said the same thing yeah. that um, his sister was the one that raised him because there was about 17 years difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's 10 different t- 10 years difference between me and my oldest and me and the youngest. Oh. I- I'm right in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. So You're the peacemaker. I am. <laughs> I am. Just... Hence mediation. <laughs> okay, so we know lots about your family now. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about um some of the work that you did. Aside from the legal work that you did, you also were a manager and a leader in some of these workplaces, right? I was. I was. Um, I did the general operations for Carol, so I managed her firm, and we just uh, finished building this build big building to house the new attorneys and the new staff to support them. That was my project pretty much. I mean, Carol, of course, had oversight over everything, but a lot of the getting the vendors on board and getting things Mm -hmm. set up, a lot of that was was my job. And so that was exhausting. Uh, It was a two-year project. But, yeah, in in most of my jobs, um, of course, I was manager and co-owner in the title insurance businesses. And and apart from that, in my other real life, I, I... been a minister for since I think I was ordained in 1994. So that also is part of part of where I've taken a lead in a lot of ways. So did you do that full time or was that part time? The ministry? Yeah. Um, it was supposed to be part time. <laughs> I did. Uh, I had the women's group, the children's group, the worship. Um, kept the computer updated, and so. Probably and I and I preached two or three times a week, so it was part time. I've never re- been a full time minister because I've always had to work. But it took a lot of time. It took a lot of time. Yeah, <laughs> like having two full time jobs. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But good. I mean, well worth it. Yeah. Well mm-hmm. worth it. Yeah. And so, what do you attribute your your strong desire to be in the ministry like that? So that would that would require a, a testimony, and I'll just give a short one. But I was a hot mess when I was young, and um, when I when God got my attention, it was it was a Paul thing. It was like one day I was this way, and the next day I was way different. And um, I just really wanted to see that same experience happen to other people. It's it's really. It, it really drives me to um, I, I, the idea that someone makes a choice not to follow the Lord. Just it boggles my mind. I yeah, do not understand right. it. And worse is that they don't always understand the eternal aspect of mm-hmm. that choice. And so I, I want them to know they they have to choose. Amen. Yeah. We got to take a break. When we come back, we'll be talking more about mediation. Have you been wanting to learn about a will or a trust but haven't gotten around to it? Now is the perfect time to learn about this vital information. The attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans. We educate our children so that they're prepared for the future. Call Marquardt Law Firm at 210-530-4278 to show your family that you are prepared for the future. Welcome to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt, and we're here to help you discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. We're on 9.30 a.m. The Answer podcasts, and later we'll be on talklawradio.com, also on YouTube, and you can subscribe to that uh, channel and get notifications when a new video is posted can also find us on Facebook Live. Today we're talking about 
mediation with Tony O'Brien, who is a certified mediator. Uh, Her business is called Restoration Mediation in San Antonio, Texas. Tony mediates with families who are in distress due to illness or death. You can learn more about Tony O'Brien and Restoration Mediation by emailing her at Tony at restorationmediation.com. Tony, welcome back. Thank you. Good to be back. We talked about your background and your work history, a little bit about your faith. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Now I want to talk about the business. So you had to get certified just for listeners that don't know what process that is. What did you have to do to get certified? So you have to train with someone who um, meets the requirements uh, to train. And it's usually uh, a face-to-face. It's in person, but I uh, started right before COVID. Okay. So kind kind of made a mess of things. So we ended up doing it all um, online. Um, my teacher actually was in – Germany, so it worked out well for her because she usually came and oh, did the wow. yeah. So so it worked out well for her, but um, it's a six week I think course for the first the basics, and it's a lot of lot of reading. But most of the the time you spend with uh, the class is doing actual mediations, so she can kind of give you feedback practicing. And, yeah, practicing. Yeah, so that was. A little intimidating because I, you know, I'm great at doing a lot of book work. Um, I wasn't expecting to do so many mediations and then have the whole class kind of give you feedback. Mm-hmm. That was a little disconcerting. But it worked out really well and was good. It helped me to really figure out how I want it to move. A lot of people, you know, do the full mediation, but I've really narrowed down what I want to want to work with. Yeah. Yeah, and so. you wanted to narrow it down to elder law talk clients. Pretty much. Um, I took the the second course on divorce, divorce family relations, and then d- domestic abuse because I just really felt like it's it's you you never can know too much. But um, going through that, I realized I really don't want to get into the middle of custody battles. It's just it's. Um, it's heartbreaking and it's a lot mm-hmm. of emotional stress. And so, and having watched for five years, you know, the devastation on the elderly and on their family of when they get sick and they, they have, you know, they don't know what to do with their money and, the, and they, you know, start fighting with each other. And um, often the elderly uh, parent is silent during the fighting between the kids because they don't want to take sides and but it diminishes their health you know you can watch them deteriorate as the fight goes on and so i thought you know i really want to help families figure out resolutions yeah i see those too um but it reminds me of a continuing education uh seminar i went to uh there was a probate litigator talking about litigation and and how estate planning attorneys can do things to to help prevent litigation and he said he was talking to a friend who did divorce and child custody and and he was telling the guy you have it so easy uh, your client probably hated his spouse for you know 10 20 years uh my client has hated his brother for 40, 50 years. Yes. He had a, cl- a client who told his brother, you made your bed when you were four. <laughs> and he was like, really? When you, I mean, not just children, but almost babies, and, and you're holding a grudge for that since then? So you've probably seen that type of attitude. I do, and it always amazes me. You know, first... My question is, well, if if you've, you know, if you're already mad, how are we going to come to any kind of resolution? Because mediation is, um, you know, everybody has to come to the table willing to make some kind of an agreement, mm-hmm. um, understanding that they're not going to get everything they want. Um, they And they often think that's the rule. 
but that I'm neutral, so I can't really guide them one way or the other. But they have to be willing to compromise. And when you already have this hate fest thing going on, it's hard to figure out where you're going to compromise. So often um, I will just have them take a step back and figure out, okay, are you willing to communicate with this person you've been feuding with for however many years mm-hmm. to to do the greater good and find a resolution to this problem? Probably 7 out of 10 say yeah. Some just want to be mad, and they're okay. not ever going to want to stop. Well, I, w- I was going to ask you about your strategies, and that sounds like one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just make them take a step back because, you know, it, I think lots of times people think mediation is about me as the mediator taking their side and kind of beating up the other side until they come mm-hmm. to their senses. And it's really not that. It's really being neutral, but you know, helping guide them to some realistic ideas, you know, that you you may want the entire thing, but you're only really going to come here. What's your bottom line Mm -hmm. resolution? What's the thing that you won't give up? Well, it's easy to do that with money, you know, Mm -hmm. if the dispute is about money. But what if it's about something else like power, control, or something like that? You know, one of the questions that I have asked most recently in in, in a situation where one of the siblings wanted to be power of attorney. So one of the questions I ask is, so when was the last time you had an overdraft charge? And how often does it happen? And then I explain to them that their duty is much greater to the person they're being an agent for than it is to their own bank account. Mm -hmm. And if they can't control their own bank account, they might not want to take on the obligation and the liability of controlling someone else's. So if you approach it as I'm really trying to protect you, often they'll hear you, you know, and and then so I've had to have that conversation. And the same thing with medical, you know, you don't want somebody in that's going to be cowed by the medical profession because they they can be intimidating. I hear you. (laughs) No, I I tell people that all the time that you want somebody who will confront Mm -hmm. physicians and nurses and and go find them, you know, when you when they're not showing up. Right. And advocate, you know, not Mm -hmm. every every surgery is necessary, not every medication is necessary. And so figure, you know, who is going to be able to stand up. And then once we kind of get that worked out. Um, then we, you know, I would guess probably the first 20 minutes is them kind of airing their anger, Mm -hmm. a lot of venting. Um, you know, there's rules in place. They can't swear. They can't get violent. They can't, you know, yell. Um, but there's probably that time when they vent. And then once we get past that, we can really make things work. Okay. Yeah. Those are some good strategies. Um, how, how do people come to know about your service? Um, I have, you know, I've, I've been so blessed in this community. I've, I've known a lot of attorneys, um, and I also work, I don't know if you know Esther Pippoli. She works with Loss of Life Advocates. Yeah, I've heard of her, yeah. Yeah. So she and I, uh, she actually feeds a fair amount of business to me, but I also do advocacy for her. So if we have a family that is dealing with death or loss of any kind, job or whatever, um, there may be some things that we can do, help get a hold of their employers if they're needing workers' comp or disability and help get them on on the uh, programs that they need. So I work a lot with her mm-hmm. doing advocacy, but then when it gets past the advocacy point, then I, then I go in and do the mediation. Okay. Do you yeah. see any common characteristics of families that need some help uh, resolving disputes? I think mis misinformation is is the common thing. You know, they they take a position and communicate this idea and it's 
wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just wrong information. Yeah. You, you know, for for example, you know, there's so much misinformation about Medicaid and what it will and what it won't do, mm-hmm. how it works and how it won't work. And um, because they read it on the internet. And so you have to clarify a lot of the misinformation. Then once you narrow that down and they, they realize what they're dealing with, it helps them move past, you know, what they thought they knew and, and figure out what's, what's real. Okay. Yeah. That's good. So I wanted to mention to the listeners, let me take a break from mediation just for a second and talk about No Shave November, <laughs> uh, the fact that um, I'm growing a beard that, that isn't fully grown yet. I, I'm doing it for men's health. So I told my wife that uh, it wasn't going to be for forever, but I definitely wanted to grow out my goatee again. Uh, I, I didn't like it when my, my chin was without its uh, fur, so I'm going to work on that. So if, if you want to bring awareness to men's health, uh, check out my Movember uh, link on Facebook. Okay, so we've got to take another break. When we come back, we'll be talking more about mediation, um, some case studies, types of disputes, um, how to come to a resolution when a family member is digging in. So stay tuned. Have you been wanting to learn about a will or a trust but haven't gotten around to it? Now is the perfect time to learn about this vital information. The attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans. We educate our children so that they're prepared for the future. Call Marquardt Law Firm at 210-530-4278 to show your family that you are prepared for the future. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt on 9:30 a.m. The Answer podcasts, Facebook Live, and YouTube. We're talking with Tony O'Brien about mediation today. She's a certified mediator with her business called What's it Restoration called? Restoration Mediation. It just rolls right off the tongue. <laughs> Um, the definition of mediation is in Texas Civil Practice and Remedies Code, Section 154.023, which says mediation is a forum in which an impartial person, the mediator, facilitates communication between parties to promote reconciliation, settlement, or understanding among them. So let's get into some of the technical components of mediation and, and why those things are important. How about starting with confidentiality? So that's an important factor, um, particularly when you're dealing with families because they don't want all of their stuff out there. So I reiterate, it's in every the engagement agreement, it's in the settlement agreement, it's in everything that they read, and then we discuss it at the very beginning that this is all confidential and that it can't be subpoenaed by a judge. Um, so whatever they say, it's, it's, there's, it's a safe place to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, again, you know, we have to put in rules. Otherwise, you know, we'd have fisticuffs sometimes. So we don't want that. But we do say, you know, whatever you say, this isn't going to go anywhere. So, you know, that helps them. I think it helps them feel safe. Um, it, it, unlike being in a courtroom or, or, um, in, in any other litigation situation where they have to give testimony in front of a judge and a jury. Mm-hmm. They're going to be so careful in picking the right words. Exactly. So this is a place where they don't have to pick the words. They just need to say what they need to say mm-hmm. so we can get past the roadblock. Yeah. yeah. And so the law says it's confidential, and, and that would also be a philosophy of every mediator. Um, so... What else is important? It's important to know that to remind them that I don't have a side and I don't have any skin in the game. My goal is to to help restore 
um, communication, unity. My, my uh, tagline is restoring unity and dismantling division. So I want to be able to repair what's been broken, but I can't give them direction. I can give them uh, ideas or I can say, you know, that's not correct or things like that, but they really have to come to the agreement themselves. And the reason mediation works is because they did come to the agreement themselves. They, they have invested um, some thought and some time and maybe some compromises into the agreement. If I tell them what to do, then it's then they have to do it. But mm-hmm. if they decide what to do, then they get to do it. It's a whole different perspective. So that's, I think, why it's so effective. It's because it's really them coming to an agreement and, and it's signed. Um, at the end of it, when everything is settled and everybody has decided what, what they want to do, what they're willing to compromise on or where they're willing to go, um, it's signed. It's a signed agreement. And it's not in, like with uh, court-ordered mediation, it's often then integrated into the order. But in this, in my mediation, it isn't, but it is enforceable. So if someone breaches or decides not to do what they agreed to do, they can be taken to court and it can mm-hmm. be enforced. Okay. And have you ever had or met with uh, somebody who later decided, uh, I don't want to do that? Yes, actually I have. And um, it was an interesting situation. It was an older woman who just could not wrap her head around the idea that she maybe couldn't keep doing all the things that she'd been doing her whole life. And it the mediation with, was with her family and her to kind of get her to an understanding that she needed more help and that she couldn't, you know, run this massive ranch. And, and so... Um, she kind of backed down after a couple of months. And so all it took, though, was a letter just saying and reminding her and sending her the contract and saying, you agreed to, to this, and so you're, you're obligated to mm-hmm. follow through. And mm-hmm. she was fine. You know, it was just, you know, people do not, they don't love change. It's not right. it's not their favorite thing. And so anytime – and they don't like being, you know, held their feet to the fire. But this is, you know, better this than, than continuing to be in complete, you know, disarray in the family. Right. Yeah. That's great. I like to keep families together as mm-hmm. well. I tell my clients that I want to help them reduce family conflict with their planning yeah, it, you know, I I think that's you know a a goal that we really need to be mindful of. You know, one of the things that I've seen over the years is that oftentimes when people are putting estate plans together, they think, okay, well, I have to have, name all my kids as my agents, and I have to. And sometimes your kids are absolutely not the mm-hmm, best person mm-hmm. to be your agent, yeah. and and that creates tension. Because there's, you know, jealousy among the kids and or they want to have everybody be co-everything. Yeah, that together. doesn't Yeah, that doesn't work either. So you have to, um, you know, the upfront part is trying to create an, anything that, that, you know, just diminishes any opportunity for discord. But unfortunately... You know, I've noticed over the years people just sort of like to fight. They just enjoy the process, and and chaos seems to be the order of the day. And so, well, you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your siblings or your parents. <laughs> true, true, and and you know, there's personality differences, and mm-hmm. you know, there's you know, a couple of my siblings that probably, if I met them in a in another setting, we probably wouldn't be particularly close. But they're my family, so it makes a difference, yeah. Well, I heard a study talked about on the radio one time about how confusing it was that uh, the children could be raised by the same parents and and turn out different, could do different things, be interested in different things. And this uh, social scientist said, well, that there's a fallacy in that thinking, uh, the children didn't have the same parents because the parents changed also through the years, through their experience with the, each child and having a different personality and the, 
parents are also trying to adapt, you know, to the family. And so you said there was like 20 years difference between the first and the last for right. you, right? Right. Well, those are going to be two totally different people at the end of 20 years. They were. They <laughs> were. My sister and I were just talking about that. She was just down here from Juneau, and she's five years younger, and she is the second to last. And um, she was saying about <laughs> how spoiled she was in comparison to the rest of us. And, and mm-hmm. it was true. Mom and Dad were tired by the time they got to number nine. And so, you know, there was a lot more freedom. She had a whole different curfew. Until the day I was married, my curfew was 1130. But <laughs> but <laughs> hers was not. And so, yeah, it, they were different people because, you know, we we do not stay the same. And, and sometimes kids put their parents in a box and they're always that parent that they were in high right, school. Right. And so whatever angst or disagreement or thing they had against them at that point, they hang on to that person. But mm-hmm. the parent has changed and they're not right. the same person. And kids, I think, more than the parents, but I think kids have a hard time recognizing that their parents are changed. Well, this is why I, I really like to talk about the gospel because uh, of the grace that God showed mm-hmm. us by uh, forgiving us even when we didn't deserve it. it. It's a model for us to try and follow with our family members is to give them some grace and forgive them even if they don't deserve it. And, and yeah, forgive, um, you know, doesn't always mean forget. But what I've noticed in my own life is forgiveness allows me so if if the remembrance comes, it doesn't hurt so much. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it doesn't, it's not a big deal. And you get past the, the, the difficulty and, and you be, are able to – Forgive unforgiveness really holds you hostage. It, mm-hmm. The other person doesn't even sometimes know right, that you're mad right. at them, and so it's only holding you hostage. And so forgiveness is truly is freedom, and that's you know that's why it's so important with the families to get past those disputes and past those angry thoughts against each other. Because at the end of the day, when your mom and dad die. You only have your siblings, mm-hmm. and so there there needs to be that you, you need to hold each other up through the grieving process. Yeah, what I used to tell the kids when they were babies is, "Hey, the sibling is maybe the only person that can give you a kidney. You know, mine might not work, but you guys, you have more similar genetic traits, and so." You know, you want to be nice to him so that he might give you his kidney. (laughs) (laughs) Just in case you need something. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that works. (laughs) But uh, can you uh, describe the feeling from your perspective when you see a a disgruntled family member finally come together and and hug each other at the end? You know, it's, it's it's such an amazing feeling, and I truly feel humbled truly humbled because I know that, you know, lots of things were happening in the background that didn't have anything to do with me. I know that the, you know, whatever um, outcome, God's in the middle of it. He, 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 I pray before I mediate. I pray about the people I'm mediating with because I really, really want what's best for them. Um, and so when it does work, I just know that, yeah, I just know that, that there was a, 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 a hand in it that, that really brought this family together. And, and to see people hug who haven't even talked to each other in years, that's it, it's just That's a miracle. Yeah, it's a miracle. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, we got to take another break. When we come back, we'll be talking more about mediation with Tony O'Brien. And we'll talk about legacy. Stay tuned.
Have you been wanting to learn about a will or a trust but haven't gotten around to it? Now is the perfect time to learn about this vital information. The attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans. We educate our children so that they're prepared for the future. Call Marquardt Law Firm at 210-530-4278 to show your family that you are prepared for the future. Welcome to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt here on 930 AM, The Answer. Also, podcasts, Facebook Live, YouTube, and of course, you can go to talklawradio.com and search for previous episodes to learn about guardianship, probate, estate planning, wills, power of attorney, and much, much more. But today we're talking about mediation with Tony O'Brien with restoration, mediation, and we've been talking about families that are in dispute because of illness or death. That's right. That's right. Okay, so let's talk about some of the types of disputes that that I've seen or heard of, and you can just weigh in on how maybe that situation could be addressed. Sometimes a person will will seek out guardianship service um, because they think that their loved one is not making good decisions. And so we always have to begin with, well, is that person incapacitated? Because you have the right to make bad decisions if you want to, just so long as you have the mental capacity to make that analysis in your own mind and so I've, I've been involved in guardianships when that was the biggest question is, is this person incapacitated? Uh, if there were a, a mediation situation, how could that be addressed? Well, you know, a lot of weight even in the mediation is going to be given to the physician statement, mm-hmm. what, what, what they're saying. Um, I, I was our, – our, office was once involved in a, in a guardianship where there was a dispute as to whether or not the ward had capacity, the potential ward had capacity. And ultimately, the conclusion was made that maybe for some things, but not for everything. Mm-hmm. And so I think that would be, that, that that's the better approach is to say, you know, if the physician's say, statement says, yeah, there's some issues then use that as the base. But, you know, you're right. If, if we're, and, and I've said this more than once, she can make whatever decision she wants. It's her stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, it's her mm-hmm. thing. Because she's making bad decisions doesn't mean that she lacks capacity. It may be just some common sense issues. Yeah. But you can't, you can't mediate common sense. Yeah, even. So, some of the behaviors that I've heard people complain about are, gambling mm-hmm. you know when when the, you know those people are going to need money to pay for care and medical service or um let's see I, I was thinking about something but then it slipped my mind so you mentioned the physician statement mm-hmm. just for the listeners that don't don't know what we're talking about there the estates code requires a special form be filled out by a physician um, that has questions about what what medical issue or health concern is causing this person to make uh, decisions that a healthy person might not otherwise make. So that form is somewhat public. You can get it from the, the courthouse. And so I give it to everybody. Say, you, let me know what you find out, and then we'll take the next step from there. Right. But they... It seems to me that this would be a situation where maybe there's not enough communication or between the family, and so you need to talk about, well, what is it exactly that you're concerned about? Is is health deteriorating? Oh, that's what I was going to mention. Some people choose not to go to the doctor. Right. And And that's allowed. You can decide that for yourself just so long as there's not something prohibiting you from making decisions. 
Another really common issue is um, when a spouse, uh, they've been a long marriage and a spouse has died, then the the surviving spouse finds a companion. Mm-hmm. You know, that that is one of the most common things. And, and then the kids are all crazy about, you know, this person is taking advantage right. and, you know, we need to get him under guardianship so we can get her out of there or get a divorce if he's married or she is married. And um, again, you know, if they have capacity, they can do what they want. You can't really... Um, you you can't tell them what to do, even though they're older. And if they want to be in a vulnerable situation, you have to. The, the best thing to do, at least for me, and and I've only been in one of the situations, was to sit the whole family down and let them address the concerns. We never really mediated or came to a settlement agreement, but everybody sat in the same room. Family and, meeting. Yes, a family meeting. And um, I think in this case, the, the surviving spouse was surprised that the kids were feeling this way because they hadn't communicated that to him. And so um, I think that really is something I can be helpful with, although it's not true mediation. Well, love makes people do strange things sometimes. It and, does. Uh, whether you're old or not. It's, yeah, and you know, just because you hit 60 doesn't mean you're not capable of loving or, mm-hmm. or having a relationship with people. And, and I think sometimes our kids forget that, you know, when, when my dad died or when my mom died, they'd been married 64 years. And um, when he moved, when we moved down here, there was a a woman at the assisted living that he he enjoyed her company, and mm-hmm. I was fully supportive of that because he'd been married sixty four years. You know, he missed the company of a woman, and so I was. But not all my siblings were excited about yeah. the concept. Yeah. Well, you know what the chances are of a happily married man getting remarried after losing his wife are? No. Yeah. About 90%. Really? Because of what you said. Happily married men, they they miss that. They enjoyed being taken care of. Uh, the opposite isn't usually true of women, though. What are the chances of a happily married woman getting remarried after losing a spouse? No. Not so high. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> we're like it's a lot free. of work. Yeah. It, <laughs> we're free. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's talk about a different situation. Okay. Um, who should be in control? You mentioned uh, a few minutes ago somebody who maybe wanted to be power of attorney over the finances, um, but it could be somebody who just wants control over everything, making medical, health care, and financial decisions. Well, that, and that's a, a, that is the most probably one of the most common things is durable power of attorneys. They really are the thing that families seem to struggle with the most. Um, who should be in control? Well, the, the oldest, person, right? Yeah, the oldest child. <laughs> no, the person that actually is giving <laughs> oh, right. up the agency. You know, yeah. so. Um, that's the person that really should be in control. But when they lose the ability to make good decisions, you need, you know, the even though someone is named as the person in a family situation, it's it's really important to be transparent. Let all the siblings know. I mean, you can't let them know every decision because they're, they're happening pretty quickly. But you can let them see the bank statements. Share the bank statements. Share, you know, the big decisions. Don't make them on your own. You know, get the whole family involved. Mm-hmm. Make them feel like they're a part of the de- decision making. When you do that, when you really are transparent and you're sharing information and you're not like lording it over them that you're the power of attorney mm-hmm. and that their opinion doesn't matter, it it moves in a whole whole different direction. And so when we have those conversations, when I have those kinds of um, family meetings and we end up mediating, that is the, the first thing is that let's make, let's make a, a schedule of when and what kind of information you need to share. Um, and, and then they all, you know, can agree to it. 
most of the time. You know, there's, you know, there's a fair amount of tweaking that has to be done, but that's the biggest issue is, is making sure that everybody knows what's going on so they don't feel like you're just making decisions. Yeah, those are some good tips. We're nearing the end of the show, okay. and so we have to talk about legacy. And now it's time for the Talk Law Radio Legacy Spotlight. What's your legacy? Sponsored by Marquardt Law Firm. I wasn't sure how that was going to come out because <laughs> I haven't done a recorded episode in a long time. Maybe since Mark invented that uh, little segment there. Um, so let's talk about how you want to be remembered or something that you learned, a legacy from those who went before you. Well, there's there's a song that uh, that Stephanie Gretzinger sings, and it says um, that I want my children and my children's children to know that I loved the Lord and that I served Him with everything I had during the course of my life, um, and that's how I want to be remembered as a servant, and that I truly you know, as much as I possibly could, lived out my life in in front of them in a way that gave him honor. That's the legacy awesome. I'm behind. I love that. Mm-hmm. Tell us something about um, what you learned from your parents or you were saying before the show about all the time that you spent. Yeah. When, um, when I moved to Orcas Island in, in Washington, my parents had been in Juneau for 30 years, and they uh, they decided they wanted to move with, with me. And so I ended up a 14-year journey of caregiving for them. And I think the biggest thing they gave me was their time. I had their total, full attention mm-hmm. for 14 years. And some of it was hard, but most of it was just amazing. It was a, It was such a gift, such a gift. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for being on the show. Oh, it has been my pleasure. (laughs) Yes, thank you. Okay, so you heard about mediation today with Tony O'Brien with Restoration Mediation. Uh, Will you tell them what your um, email address is again if they have questions, want to get in touch with you? So it's restorationmediation, www.restorationmediation.com, and it's Tony, T-O-N-I, at restorationmediation.com. That's it for today. We'll talk to you later. Have you been wanting to learn about a will or a trust but haven't gotten around to it? Now is the perfect time to learn about this vital information. The attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans. We educate our children so that they're prepared for the future. Call Marquardt Law Firm at 210-530-4278 to show your family that you are prepared for the future. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.